of you who delight in dread, who fantasize about fear, who glorify gore. Welcome. You have found the place where the horror returns. Listeners, beware. This podcast contains major plot spoilers and the foulest of language. Join us in celebrating the old and the new, the best and the worst in horror. Greetings, listeners. You have found the horror returns. For all of you who delight in dread fantasize about fear and glorify gore, welcome home. This is the podcast that proves the horror never ends. Each episode, we seek out and review a brand new horror movie, then go back and find a classic work with similar themes looking at both similarities and differences. Our goal is to explore how our perceptions of fear remain the same from generation to generation, but also to point out how the presentation can change based on the social and political climate of the times. Based on listener feedback, we do include spoilers for the new film. However, we will wait until the very end of the show to spoil the new feature, and we will let you know before we do so. If you don't wish to hear the spoilers, simply turn it off at that point, and we promise you won't miss a thing. We generally assume you guys have already seen the classic film, so there will often be spoilers when discussing anything that's been out for at least a year. The other thing we may do from time to time is use a few four-letter words. This is a horror podcast, and horror movies tend to be R-rated, so as you long-time listeners know, you can pretty much expect us to be too. Uh, I'm Lance, and with me, as always, are my good friends and co-hosts, Brian and Philip. How, what's the weather like up there, Brian? Sucks. Cold as shit. That's what it's like, I would imagine. Well, we were in... Uh, Absolutely. Philip and I were in San Antonio for a concert last night, walk, walking around the river, walking a t-shirt, so... No. The difference, I think. Yep. I was just happy it wasn't hot. Right. <laughs> so let's start out with the coolest thing that uh, that we've watched this week. Uh, Brian, you're usually up on us a little bit. You want to go first? Yeah. Um, I came across a list of uh, up-and-coming directors in the horror genre, so I've been kind of going through the list. And uh, this week I um, went through the films of uh, Jeremy Solner. Uh huh. Um, you guys have probably seen his latest one, uh, Green Room. Actually, I never saw Green Room. We were just talking about that one. Yeah, that. Hey, we were on the Riverwalk last night in San Antonio. We walked into an Irish bar, and I think we walked uh-huh. into the Green Room, dude. Oh yeah, we oh, felt like shit. super uncomfortable. They may have oh, been no game fans, but it was a little bit trippy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, are we in um, a white power meeting. <laughs> we should probably go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I actually that's probably like one of my favorite films that came out this year. So I checked out his uh, older films, and uh, he's only done two other movies. His first one was a uh, Murder Party, which is more of a comedy. It was okay. Uh, but um, his second movie, I, I believe, uh, at least, uh, I know you've seen it, at least, Lance, uh, Blue Ruin. Oh, I love Blue Ruin. Okay, now I know exactly the director you're talking about. Bo- both those movies were great, man. Yes. 
I've never seen any. Um, I need to watch. Yeah, it, it was my first. It was my first time watching Blue Ruin, and right. um, I thought it was a great movie. Yeah, kind of a slow, it, a slow burn, man. It felt like a '70s movie to me. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I checked out those movies there, and it's pretty much um, what I've seen. Other than uh, did catch uh, UFC 205. Oh it yeah, was a very uh, historic night. Man, I I missed the fight completely. How did uh, How did McGregor do? Uh, he is the first ever two division champ. Like I know he won, but did he like dominate? Yeah, it was completely one sided. Really? Was it and I a knockout? Wow. Yeah it 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 was completely one sided, and if I recommend you check out the fight, I also recommend you uh, listen to his uh, after fight interview. I'll have to check that out, man. Does he get kind of yeah. wild with it? Yeah, because uh, he was I'm a little upset that he <laughs> he was a little upset he only had they didn't have his other belt. Oh, really? He wanted wow. he, he wanted to have both belts at the same time around oh, his, around okay. his shoulders. I got you. Sounds sounds like but, uh, you could ask for that, you know, reasonably. Yeah. I mean, from, I saw if he pi- pulled that off. Yeah, I saw a picture of him on ESPN, and they were going to talk about him, and he had uh, one belt over each shoulder, like a freaking pro wrestler. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's getting a little out of hand. I just I just seen uh, right before we recorded. I guess he's demanding uh, shares in the company now. What? Yeah. Well, it's always a shit show with him. <laughs> yeah. But the uh, entire that guy on. The entire card was was good, so that's cool. I kind of regret missing that one. Yeah, but uh, that's my cool. Hmm. What did I watch this week? Uh, I'm all caught up on Walking Dead. I'm all caught up on uh, American Horror Story. I think that's uh, really the only stuff I've got going on. That and Ink Master, which. I'm still a big fan of that show. I know it's cheesy reality TV, but that's the one that I still watch. Right. I love that show. <laughs> well, I would say my cool of the week is that I uh, I finished up on Black, the Black Mirror series. Oh, yeah. So I had I had three more. Uh, last time we talked about it, I think it was the week before last, I had three more episodes to go. So the, the final three in this uh, season, the first one is called San Junipero. And it kind of, have you seen these, Brian? I am still on season one. It kind of has an 80s vibe to it. Like you think she's in a, a disco or a nightclub in the 80s, but then it kind of like like it resets and she's in the same club again and with her friend. And it's kind of hard to figure out what's going on. And, uh, you know, these things all have a twist at the end, so I don't want to say what happens. But it, it involves technology and people deciding whether they want to, how do I explain it, like either die for sure or possibly live on in a computer program. If they don't really have faith that there is an afterlife or something, or do they just want to let go? It's it, it's a good one, Walt Disney style. Um, <laughs> Walt Disney style. <laughs> and then uh, Man Against Fire was it was so so. It was about future soldiers and the way that they they brainwash the soldiers in the future. And then Hated in the Nation was the final episode, and that was that was an hour and a half long, so it's like a feature length. And it was kind of like a Save the Bees allegory where they've. It's the future. All the bees have died off, and they use these mechanical bees that go and pollinate the flowers. And let's just say that there's a there becomes a pretty major glitch in the system. We'll just leave it at that. Hmm. So uh, yeah, Black Mirror, guys. That's you, you guys. 
highly advise that y'all you, you, catch up on that. As on my list of things I, to do, the second I get ten minutes free, <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll take a little more than ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, as with every show, it's time to take a little trip to the trailer park. First one we're going to talk about is HBO's new documentary, Beware the Slender Man. Oh boy. Yeah, this is uh, the truth is stranger than fiction, huh? Yeah, um, I'm really interested in this one. HBO, they do really good documentaries. Yeah, because this one's a and real it, documentary and not like a mockumentary. It's it's based off of a story that actually happened, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, it kind of reminds me of another documentary. I can't think of it. It had to do with kids uh, doing some kind of... Uh, they actually murdered some other kids trying to do some kind of like ritual, something they've seen. I think it had to do something with the Blair Witch or something like that. Huh. I can't think of it. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, this one uh, really – It. I, I'm not really familiar with Slender Man, but I think this one's going to kind of – if you don't know about him, he's, it's going to kind of get you caught up. I think it will be a fun one to watch. I know Slender Man is, is more of a, a new generation uh, horror guy, and uh, this story is – Sadly, what made him famous, but I guess these two girls believed in him so much that they sacrificed their their friend. They're like these two 12-year-old girls, and they lead another one another one of their little friends out to the park and uh, stab her because they, they're, they're convinced that Slender Man told them to do it. And they are both as nuts as they can get. <laughs> and uh, That sounds messed up. Man. And they legit think that this happened. Uh, I saw uh, there's a Law & Order SVU... Um, episode about this, uh, one of those ripped from the headlines ones, and uh, yeah. it was it was really good. That one had my interest the whole time because it it, it kind of took that one on a horror movie path, and so I'm real excited to see this documentary, man. I'll definitely this is on my list of things to watch. Yes, this one comes out January seventeenth. Okay. Okay. Um couple of uh, trailers we're going to talk about there. Uh, they just recently came out, um, I believe, and neither theaters are uh, on demand. Uh, the first one's going to be Terrifier, starring Terrifier. Katie McGuire. Oh, yes. <laughs> Katie I'm McGuire. Who did you say was starring at? Ka- Katie McGuire. Okay. Puya Masani, Jenna Cannell, and others. And others. And, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, List of people I've never heard of. And Homie right. the Clown. <laughs> yes. I don't think that was Homie, man. Homie don't play that. <laughs> homie did ne- definitely not play that in this preview. <laughs> yeah, you know, this, I, this looked, it looked pretty creepy, man. Hopefully, this is the the killer clown movie we've been wanting to see these for these last two that have, we thought have have all agreed kind of sucked. You know, you took the words right out of my mouth. I it looks interesting, but it just the last couple clown neither movies or trailers we looked at because i heard clown town was a piece of shit right oh really yeah yeah I remember so i mean the, the trailer and this one kind of reminded me of it a little bit yeah i mean nobody had good he, things to say about that one he looks really really terrifying in this movie mm-hmm. oh, uh yeah, the clown definitely. it's sort of a and i believe back to the classic uh you know jason or freddy uh villains like scary slasher movie and and there's not a whole lot of those around anymore and i believe this this character was in another movie called uh all hallows eve 
I think, okay. I think done by the same director, uh, Damien uh, Leone. So is this um, like a sequel? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of pulling it up right here. I believe the clown has a name. Mm-hmm. And that name is Death. Or Homie. <laughs> well, he he kind of he reminded me a little bit of uh, Captain Spaulding. But like a really super evil Captain Spaulding. <laughs> yeah, not quite as whimsical, I guess, yeah. you know? I always wanted to see him get, get his own movie. Mm-hmm. This could be it. Yeah, Art the Clown. Art that is his the name. Clown, huh? Yeah. All right, and it is the same. It is the same character then. Hmm. Same name. I wonder if um, you think maybe it's the same movie and they just redid it somewhat a little bit or tweaked it or made it a little bit more um, modern. Um, it might be. I haven't. I haven't seen the first one, so right. I was just wondering but, if maybe uh, it was like one of the world's fastest remakes ever yeah. in the history of horror films. You know, reboot three, which, three which, years later on which some is saying random a lot. ass movie. No. <laughs> I, it's got to be a sequel. <laughs> All right, that would yeah. make sense. It looks pretty cool, they, though. Yeah, they're they're both out right now, so uh, right. It might it might be worth uh, watching. Yeah, it looks like it may be more of like maybe kind of a Netflix yeah. special. If it's on know? Netflix, I'll definitely watch it. But yeah, it, it, probably not a you, unless it gets some big buzz around it. Probably not to go to the theater and watch it, you assuming do, it even comes out in the theater. You don't know, Brian, if it's being released like by uh, Chiller or any particular like Amazon or anybody like that, where it'll you know maybe be exclusively on that streaming service. Uh, from what I'm seeing, I don't know. Okay. So I think uh, so. The jury's kind of still out on on this, but it, it but it looked it looked terrifying as shit, you know. Yeah. Like super. I creepy. agree. And uh, we're gonna move on to our next one. It's another movie that is currently out right now: The Possession Experiment, star starring uh, David O. Ang, Olivia Anjanette, Jake Bryan, and Bill Mosley. Well, I'll check it out if Mosley's in it, but. I've got to tell you, the trailer didn't do much for me. I mean, it, it looked like way too much of what we've already seen before a million times. Is it, yeah, is it, it found footage, or is it just he's recording himself at the beginning of it, and then it goes into a, you know, like a regularly filmed uh, movie? Uh, from what I'm seeing in the trailer, it might be a mixture of both. Okay. It's kind of what it looks and, like. Um, yeah, kind of like what you said. It's got Bill Mosley, so I'll check it out. But, you know, he, he has done a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. See, this is my so, favorite genre of horror. I like the uh, the demonic stuff, and uh, I, I think I, I don't know. I'm, there, it does look like a million other movies that are out there, and it's kind of a hit or miss on whether it's actually going to be any good. Right. Uh, but I'll definitely watch it. <laughs> yeah, it, it look it. This looks like another. If it was on Netflix, uh, movies. Yeah, not a, but, uh, not a not a first tier release. In fact, you said it's already out. I, I haven't seen it in any theaters or anything. Yeah, so it might be a, a on demand type of movie. Yeah, that's what a lot probably of so. Is. I don't think I'll go out of my way to see it, but if again, if we can catch it on Netflix, I'm down. Yeah, for if it if it if it pops up in front of me and I can just click on it and play it, then I'm cool. Let's do that, <laughs> right? <laughs> Okay, and our final trailer, which is probably uh, the biggest release out of these trailers, is Valerian and the City of the Thou- of a Thousand Planets, what starring Dane DeHaan. What the hell was that all about? <laughs> starring Dane DeHaan, Cara Delevingne, Clive Owen, Rihanna, 
Chris Wu, John Goodman, and Ethan Hawke. Wow. This is uh it's gonna be like this is directed by uh, Luke Besson. Right. I believe I oh, said yeah, his name right. Uh, uh, director of The Fifth Element and Lucy. Mm-hmm. And I'm not familiar with the books, but um, it's based on the book of Valerian and Loreline, which I, from what I've been told, it's a it's a hit book series. I get that young readers club. Vibe yeah, to like it. a like a young adult novel series. Yeah, I I wasn't too thrilled with the trailer, but mm-hmm. the fact that the director has done the fifth element and Lucy, I will give it a, right. a, a watch just off of that. It's definitely epic science fiction fantasy. It's going to, I'm sure it's coming out in the summer and, and they're going for the blockbuster mm-hmm. swing, you know? Yeah. And I was thinking, I, I thought this, that was the dude that directed, you guys remember the, the professional that came out in 94 <laughs> yes. When, uh, Natalie Portman was basically, I think she was like 12 or 13 years oh, yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she uh, kind of was protected by this hitman. Yeah. That was a yeah, great movie. movie. That was a great movie. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I have a lot of faith in him as a director. And the, I mean, the special effects look fucking phenomenal well, on it, this one. And you put Fifth, the Fifth Element on your resume, and um, that's. I'm, I'm down for that. I even watched Lucy. It wasn't awful. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't yeah, as I, some people said it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it was I enjoyed bad. most of it. I enjoyed most of it. I kind of didn't like how it ended. Yeah, but I for didn't the, like the part concept behind it, but it was still yeah, fun but, to watch. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson. That's true. <laughs> She's in a movie you can sign. Can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah, uh, this one is uh, coming out uh, July twenty first next year. See, all right, Summertime. cool. That's a blockbuster. Yeah, for sure. Uh, although there's a lot of movies vying to well, be summer blockbusters this year, it's going to be a pretty pretty crowded yeah. summer. It looks like. Yeah, this one I may, it may end up losing money though. Well, uh, we'll we'll find out what happens. But I, I will I will tell you this. Now it's time for horror headlines. Brought to you by Brian. Okay, with the upcoming release of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, it's just been recently announced that there's going to be five total in the series. Oh. oh no! And uh, a whole new thing. <laughs> Johnny Depp has been casted in the sequel. Oh, come on! All right, now you're shitting with us. Is, is this our April first recording or what? Johnny Depp's so hit come or miss, on, dude. Me, though. Like he plays, he, he he plays a great crazy character. So hopefully they do that. But sometimes he pulls stuff and and it's it doesn't work for him, you know. Yeah, I mean. I've only watched the first Harry Potter movie, so I don't know what to, you know, really expect out of this. Oh, they're fun. Right. I have, I have, I have faith that it's going to be good. I'm sure it'll be a hit. And like you said, they've already got other movies lined up. It's going to make money. They'll put them out. They're going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. They, with them planning five of them, it sounds like they're definitely confident about this series. Yeah. I'll, I'll be excited to take my kids to this one because it gives me an excuse to go see it. <laughs> okay, um, are you guys familiar with the with the video game uh, Rampage? Oh yeah, oh, I love cool. it, man! Me Isn't too, the dude. Rock still supposed to be in that? Yes, uh, this has finally got a release date of April twentieth, two thousand eighteen. So it's gonna be like oh, a King cool. Kong kind of situation. Yes, basically, Rock and the monsters from the game. 
And it's uh, directed by Brad Payton, who uh, did San Andreas with The Rock. Ah, okay. Are they going to eat people out of the windows? <laughs> I hope so. Um, if if they stray t- uh, stay true to the video game, and you know it's The Rock, mm-hmm. um, I think this could be a really fun movie. Oh, yeah. It should be a blast, man. It's a strange concept. I'll bite, Very though. strange I, concept. It's got The Rock. I'll bite. Yeah, well, you got, okay, so you got, like, the lizard, which was named Lizzie. Uh, you yeah. Had, uh, what was the wolf uh, name? Do you remember? Oh, you remember the names of the three of them? It was, like, a, a big, giant wolf man. Oh. And then, of course, yeah. there was the King Kong knockoff. Yeah. Yeah. But that was a pretty that was a pretty fun game, man. Yeah, definitely. Especially was, when they was... ate the guys with the little flamethrowers and they'd get heartburned. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, with him re- with him reteaming with the director of San Andreas, that that movie, you know, it's not the San Andreas isn't the greatest movie, but it was still you know fun for what it is, right? And I, I like I said, I I think this this might be a uh, this might be a sleeper hit of that year. Okay, yeah, I think it's going to go right in the same vein of uh, that one and uh, what was it Journey to the Center of the Earth, the kind right. of adventure yeah. sort of stuff that The Rock's been doing lately. Okay. Um... We have uh, two more casting for uh, Stranger Things season two. We have Sean Astin and Paul Reiser. Oh, yeah, I heard about Paul Reiser. Uh, do, you, do you know what parts they're going to play, or is it too early to say on any of that? Um, they kind of gave a. I didn't read the Paul Reiser one, but the Sean Astin. I think he's going to be a um, an old high school friend of uh, Winona Ryder's character. Hmm. Okay. She does a great and, job in that one, right? Yeah, and uh, with hey. that casting, with that casting news, uh, it's uh, we knew this was going to happen, but it's officially been confirmed now that uh, Millie Bobby Brown, the the girl that's uh, that's eleven, sure, is officially been confirmed. She's going to be at the uh, yeah, she's going to be at the horror convention we're going to, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a couple of people from the cast are going to be there. Yeah, uh, well, you know. You know, with the with the success that they had in the first season, that mm-hmm. uh, that they were gonna make they were gonna make good on this next one. So they brought in some big names. I think it's gonna be good. Yeah, I'm I'm hearing a lot of good things for season two. That they're already thinking season three, just <laughs> off of what's going on with season two. Well, shit! If, if Fantastic Beast already has five movies planned out, I mean, shit! What what's the harm in in announcing a season three of that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And our last news item is uh, they've been trying to remake an American werewolf in London, and they've officially got a writer and director. Okay. It is John Landis' son, Max Landis. All right. And uh, let's see. And it's also going to be produced. uh, One of the producers is going to be Robert Kirkman, which a lot of people may know him from The Walking Dead. Uh, I don't know, Robert Kirkman. I, I don't really know if I've ever heard that name before these days. Yeah. He's a he's a small little comic book guy. Came up with a little idea, The Walking Dead. Okay, so Max Landis, I'm 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 kind of looking through what he's done. He uh so he he wrote Chronicle, huh? Yes. And uh other than that, I, this American Ultra, which I've heard is pretty good, but I haven't seen it. I, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, uh, yeah I kind of didn't expect anything out of it because um, 
what is his name? Uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Yes. He's he's a, he's a hit or miss with me. Big time hit or miss. And it also starred um, what is her name? Uh, the mouth breather. <laughs> the mouth uh, from Twilight. <laughs> oh, Kristen Stewart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shit, okay. Um but it it's uh it's basically he's, you know, uh kind of like a guy that's kinda of going nowhere in his life, you know, he's a pothead. Right. He has like a phobia of getting on planes, so he never leaves his little town and then one day someone shows up, whispers some words to him and it kinda of activates him. He's kinda of like a sleeper agent. Oh, oh. kinda of, kinda of like Chuck a little bit, that T V series Chuck. Yes. Okay. And uh you know, it, it and and it picks up from there. Because cool. he's got all kinds of people coming after him, and while he's doing all these like amazing things, you know, he has no clue on what's going on or why he knows how to do these things. Or, but uh, I, I know if uh, if anybody has Hulu, um, it's on. It's one of the movies that's on Hulu right now. Cool. All right. Yeah, I'll have to catch. I'll have to catch that one. I've been I've been meaning to see it. But the one thing that I see that really stands out that uh, Max Landis is like the head writer on is. Uh, something we talked about last week, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. <laughs> yes. Um, that is, uh, with that in Chronicle, it kind of has me a little optimistic about it, but American Werewolf in London is such a classic. It is. It's going to be hard to do. It's going to have to be a home run. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's, it. especially since his father's done it, you know, that's that's a lot right. to live up to. You know, John Landis has done a lot of a lot of great things. Well, hopefully it'll be better than the Poultry Guys remake. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, that was our last news item. All right. Uh, we will continue to get slammed by listeners who thought we were way too hard on Witchboard. Friend- <laughs> oh, man. This is Witchboard love hour around here lately. Really? Our friend Patrick Lear uh, comments, how the hell have you not seen some of these classic movies you've been reviewing? I mean, Witchboard, <laughs> you watched just to see Tawny Katane naked. <laughs> All right. Well, gee, thanks, uh, thanks, Pat. We think. <laughs> Uh, Cynthia Talbot recommended we check out Bruce Campbell in the show Burn Notice. Uh, we will give that a shot. Thank you. My parents tell me about that every time I go over there. They love that show. Right. And, uh, they're not even a big Bruce Campbell fan. They just like the right. show. It's one of those USA series. Uh, but it's it's been on my list of things to watch forever, and I just haven't got around to it. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been wanting to see it. Have you ever checked that out before, Brian? Burn Notice? I've seen the commercial for it that's probably as bad as much as i've seen i I think what he does is he helps people create new identities like um no isn't this he's something isn't the cia agent or something that gets his memory wiped and now everybody's everybody's after him and bruce campbell is like his sidekick ah okay okay isn't that the guy it's like a witness protection type thing Uh, isn't that the guy from uh book of shadows that's the star of the show I'm not sure. Oh my god, is it? I think it is. I think so. Yeah. Wow, and he was so bad in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to bring that movie back up. I know you messed up. Hang on, we're looking it up now. We're, gonna, we're I have to. I have to know before we move on. Yeah, is his name Jeffrey Donovan? Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is that well, him? 
I don't know, man. I don't I don't remember seeing him in, in, in that book of shadows, but that was a long time ago, so that may very well have been him. When we when we did that show, you guys had seen it fairly recently and I hadn't I hadn't seen it since it first came out. Oh yeah. Well maybe it wasn't maybe it just looks like him. I just okay. like him, man. Nope, Book of Shadows. Oh, there, there you go. Is. You guys hit it. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I, it makes me not want to watch the show now. <laughs> yeah. No, it does look fun. But it's, you know, cheesy USA stuff. Um, anyway, thanks to everyone who reaches out to us. Uh, we love the feedback. As always, you can reach us at our Facebook or Podbean page. Uh, or you can email us at thehorrorreturns at gmail.com. Uh, we love to hear from you. Keep sending stuff in. Questions, comments anything you want and we'll feature you on the show uh, maybe send you a t-shirt which we have now yeah we got a big box of t-shirts in and i think uh last week we made some kind of a promise that we were going to roll out a new contest uh for a t-shirt brian did you come up with any details on that or you got any any idea what you want to do this time look the last one you ran seemed to work really well yeah i'm working on that right now i'm uh currently thinking about another giveaway possibly another uh another figure uh, basically like an action figure from uh you guys ever heard of the toy line NECA yeah 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 I got a uh, possibly a giveaway with a with a Freddy Krueger uh figure from that line that'd be it's pretty cool, cool. maybe maybe we could get a big uh contest like a month-long contest going and announce it next week and have okay. a uh, have a, have that that would be the grand prize, and then a, we could have a, a runner up prize of the a horror returns T shirt. Okay, that Let's sounds like that. a plan. All right, cool. So yeah, if anybody wants to give us some feedback on that, if you you have any ideas for the contest or what we should do, uh, Pat, I know you're very vocal. <laughs> Kevin, I know you're very vocal. So that's cool. You know, any anybody out there that has some ideas, we're we're definitely open to hearing them. We want to be an interactive show, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we and uh, we also have an Instagram page, and our winner of our Beetlejuice Funko Pop, uh, the winner came from our Instagram page. Oh, cool! Way to go! Well, we know you're all over that stuff, Brian. Yeah, I try. I try. All right, well, you guys ready to move on to uh, tonight's featured attractions? Let's get with Yes, it. let's do it. All right, I guess it's that time. Uh, it's time to make first contact this week as we review the new film Arrival, as well as the 1977 classic Close Encounters of the Third Kind. So we'll start off talking about uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Director and writer Steven Spielberg who I think everybody who listens to this show pretty much knows and loves. We don't need to go down a litany of everything he's done. Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> uh, Close Encounters of the Third Counter, or CE3K as some refer to it, uh, was partly inspired by an experience from Steven Spielberg's childhood. When, without any advance warning, his parents rushed the children into their car one night, drove to an area where many others were gathered, and watched a spectacular meteor shower. Really? That sounds pretty cool. Huh. That makes sense in retrospect of having, to watch, of having watched the movie. Yeah. Uh, Richard Dreyfus had become quite interested in the ideas behind CE3K when he had heard Steven Spielberg talking about them on the set of Jaws, which was, of course, in 1975. When Dreyfus heard that casting was underway, he began a concerted effort to persuade the director to take him on, and it was obviously very successful. I'm glad he did. He kicked ass in this movie. <laughs> no kidding. 
for the scene where Richard Dreyfus appears to go weightless in his truck, in his first encounter with flying saucers, his truck was put on a turntable and rotated 360 degrees. Oh, <laughs> that seems dangerous. <laughs> hey, man, it was the 70s, dude. Yeah. It was outlaw filmmaking back you then, go. you know? Um, it is possible, and we looked for this, but I didn't see it, did you? Of course, what? we were looking on a pretty small screen. It's possible to see an upside-down R2-D2 and part of the large spacecraft that flies over Devil's Tower. The, the special effects people needed more detail, and so supposedly there are many, many other such items, such as a shark from Jaws that you can see. And R2-D2 is visible as Jillian first sees the mothership up close from her hiding place in the rocks. So I guess we got to go back and try to look for that one. Yeah, it seems like there's uh, a, a lot of these Spielberg and Lucas movies are all kind of related. Like you, you wind up with the uh, the ET uh, aliens in in one of the uh, Star Wars movies. Oh yeah, you said ET is a Jedi, right? Yeah, if there's Tied a that together. there's like a what's that theory? Again? A fan theory that ET is a Jedi. I I couldn't spout it off to you right off the top of my head, but if you go look it up, it makes sense. And you're like, E.T. is a Jedi. <laughs> and apparently the Millennium Falcon is running around on right? close encounters with some crazy-ass aliens. Well, what did you think about the movie, Philip? Uh, I think that... Uh, I think we were originally going to do a different set of movies this week because uh, there's some, some stuff that's more horror-based that's coming out right now. But uh, I think that we went with the right choice and, and did our alien stuff. And... Uh, I'm glad we did because I haven't seen this movie since I was a kid, and uh, I I loved it, man. It was it's awesome. It's Spielberg at his best. It's it's right up there with with Jaws and uh, Indiana Jones and all that stuff. It, the movie's pretty awesome. What can you say? It's it's a it's an immersive experience. It's science fiction the way that science fiction was meant to be. Yeah, what was what was really what was really cool about this movie too was that, and I think a lot of it had to do with when it was made. But I really loved the slow burn element where they kind of slowly built up. I mean, the movie felt like it went by in like an hour and a half, but you know, it was actually a, like a two hour and seventeen minute movie. Yeah, I know it's long and it's definitely a slow burn, but it puts you in the situation. It's right. It's like a for real. If this real, if this actually happened in real life, this could be a good response to what's happening. It, yeah, it Does that make sense? Yeah, it seemed very feasible, yeah. the way they did everything. Except the only thing that I was I was kind of worried about was that when you realize there toward the end that they had kind of, um, I guess, lifted all the people from that ship and other different people up that they spent a certain amount of time on the ship before they came down and made contact with them. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, man, after all those people had disappeared and these lights show up, in today's America, they'd be they'd be shooting fucking nuclear bombs at that mothership, you know. It depends on which president gets there first. <laughs> I guess so, man. I mean, but it it was really cool. It was very. Um, I thought I thought it was very well done as far as using music, because uh, like you could either use math or you could use mu- music, you know, to try to create language and communicate with someone and they kind of used both at the same time and they communicated back and forth that way and i thought that was a pretty original you know way of doing it i think dreyfus's performance was like probably his best ever in any film that i can think of but the way that you know you're seeing him go completely bonkers yeah <laughs> from being totally obsessed with this image that he just can't get out of his head 
and he just has to see it, and then he has to put two and two together and figure it out. Yeah. And it's like, as they were talking later in the movie, how many hundreds of people probably saw the same image or, you know, were somehow communicated to by the aliens, uh, but just couldn't, didn't make it as far as these people made it. You know, they turned back at the roadblocks or they never put two and two together. As they said, they didn't see Devil's Tower on the TV and see that, you know, next to a clay sculpture that they created in their basement and, you know easily put it together and knew knew where to go and what 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 the deal was and everything that makes sense so it's kind of it was kind of cool from that perspective um it was definitely one of those movies that like i said it was slow burn and it was like you would see big epic scenes like it would go out and show you in the desert where these people found that ship you mm-hmm. know the ship that had disappeared off the sea that the people went up into the mothership as we found out later um, or that big epic scene where they were out there talking to people that had seen the lights in the sky and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, the scene that obviously reminded Spielberg of his youth where they're all sitting out there waiting for the aliens to show up, and then that helicopter shows up. Oh, yeah, okay. It's just a lot of, a, a lot of really, uh, I thought, intensive um, scenes like that that were really impactful, juxtaposed between, like, you know, longer slow burn periods of, Dreyfus slowly, you know, not necessarily going insane, but giving into this obsession and and it could totally consuming his life. So it made for a really well paced, good movie, and it had Spielberg written all over it. Like he definitely and, hits insane at one point. Uh, yeah, I guess you could say that. Uh, Brian, what did you think, man? First of all, let me say, if we had a Horror Returns Hall of Fame, I I like Richard Dreyfus to be the first inductee. Huh. With this performance and his performance in Jaws, yeah, oh yeah, those we've are done, back we've to done, back, and they're really good. We've reviewed both of those by now, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, and I really enjoyed his. I have not seen this movie since I was a kid either, and I'm glad we watched it because the only thing I could remember was the mashed potatoes. Yeah, oh yeah, I was real stuck on that's the mashed a big potato scene. scenes too. Yeah, I was <laughs> waiting for it to pop up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I just like where he where his character started out because it kind of reminded me of how another movie re, uh, we reviewed was uh, Shaun of the Dead. Sure, where you can just kind of tell he just had this kind of mundane everyday life. Yeah, you, know, you got the kid in the background, you know, beating the head off a doll, and you got kids screaming, and yeah, he just does not give a shit. He just wants to play with his trains. And Welcome to my life. He, <laughs> He goes from there to just, like you guys said, just obsessed with this image and trying to figure out what it means to the point where, you know, he's tearing up his home, his wife's leaving him, and I just thought it was a great performance by him. Um, The actress that played Jillian, I was a little confused with her character, though. I really, times, I just felt like she didn't care about her son. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of interesting. Yeah. That that I noticed that at the end too, and I hadn't noticed that the first, you know, because I've probably seen this movie half a dozen times, but I probably haven't seen it in twenty years. What's and that? she did seem kind of nonchalant, or not nonchalant, but she was a lot more interested in going and finding the ship. Right. But maybe something in her heart told her that if she found the ship, she'd find her son. Well, it's obviously that obsession that they planted in their brain that they had to go find this place, and nothing right. else mattered. Which is why Dreyfus was going completely bonkers. And I think that he did a great job, like from the beginning of the movie, of, of having that feeling of 
man, I know this thing, but I can't quite put my finger on it. It's like when you leave your keys somewhere and you know you put them somewhere and you just have to find them. Right. And uh, and then he went full scale from that to straight bonkers and throwing plants and shit through his windows. But they did it. But they showed it slowly. That's what I appreciate. They didn't just go from you know zero to sixty. Yeah. Yeah, they would kind of like show a scene, and then, like I said, that's what I like about the pacing so much. Yeah, is they would show that, and then they would go to a big epic scene where they had all the scientists out there. They were in the desert or something like that, a new discovery. Yeah, and then they'd go back to his, you know, kind of mundane. But now he's getting a little further out there, and now he's playing with mashed potatoes. You know, and Spielberg is great about making the ordinary extraordinary, and and taking that fantasy aspect and putting it in a reality sort of situation. Where you can get immersed in it, and and you have that that wonder that you felt, you know, as a child when you talked about things like Bigfoot or the Loch Ness monster or these aliens. You know what I mean? I remember watching this and that feeling that you get during that iconic last scene where the aliens are coming out of the uh, uh, of the ship, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I got that feeling all again. It was great. So it's a good rewatch for you. Oh, huh? yeah, definitely. I, one thing I really remember is because when, when this film came out, it was the same exact year as Star Wars. Oh. And I remember I saw Star Wars in the movie theater, and then, I don't know, it was within maybe a couple of months or so. Brian, maybe you could tell us like the, what the release dates were or something, but uh, I know they came out fairly close together in the same... I don't know if it was both summertime or one was closer to Christmas or something like that. Good year for movies. Um, yeah, I think Close Encounters was more like the Christmas movie, mm-hmm. and I think Star Wars was more of like a summer-type movie or, yeah. or late summer. But my, uh, I remember my dad took me to see this movie the first time that I watched it, that final alien scene. I was, I was kind of like the little kid, like a sense of awe, and I was smiling, and I was yeah. like, yes, we're going to make contact with him, and it's going to be beautiful. Uh-huh. The second time I went to the theater and saw this movie, I fucking sat down like on the second or third row, and I got the fucking shit scared out of me when I saw those aliens. Yeah. And it was like a tale of two lances. It's like, what do I want? Do I want to meet them or am I afraid, you know, to meet something like that? that so I had two totally different experiences, man. With the real tall, slender alien is super creepy when he first comes out. That's scary. But, it, like, it's got that wonder in the background at the same time. So we ready to... Uh... Give scores on this one. Yeah, Brian, was there any anything else you wanted to say about the movie, or you want to you uh, ready to go just real to quick? Go to our scores. Yeah, just real quick. Looking at the the release dates, um, Star Wars was uh, released in May, and uh, Close ah. Encounters was released in uh, December. There you go. So Perfect. not not too far apart. Man. Not too bad, man. Now that was a, now that was a good year, huh? Yeah. Yes. That was a good year at the movie theater. All right. Well, you want to? Uh, I don't remember who started the conversation on this one. I think it was you, right, Philip? Um, I suppose so. Well, we'll go with that. I think I'm going to give it a nine. I wow. <laughs> Jeez, this is a good movie, man. I think it's up there with Jaws. It's probably one of Spielberg's greats. If you're looking at if you're looking at Spielberg movies, as everyone probably should at some point in time, and go through his catalog and just watch his movies. <laughs> this one is definitely up there with. Jaws and Indiana Jones and Jurassic Park and all that stuff, you know? Right. And uh, it, I liked it. Solid movie. Cool. Very, very solid. Yeah. Well, you, you can't you can't say too much more than that, um, and so I probably won't. And uh, I actually also give it a 9. I, I give it a strong 9 out of 10. It's 
absolutely in, in every way, form, or fashion, um, the writing, the pacing, the way it was directed, the special effects were perfect, just spot on, especially for the time that the movie was made. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we've mentioned before, the acting was, was, was phenomenal. I mean, Dreyfus was, was spot on. Yeah. Spot on. I mean, you, I, I don't see how anybody could have played that role any better. You know, and if they ever try to remake this movie, I'm going to be fucking pissed because it <laughs> yeah. shouldn't be done. But uh, yeah, I think nine on ten is uh, is not out of line at all. Brian, what do you think? I'm also going to give it a nine. This is <laughs> it's it's Spielberg and Dreyfus is the fucking man, right? And I like you said, I enjoyed the special effects. I really like the design of the spaceship, the mothership at the end. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And there's just, you know, there's a lot of iconic images right down to the little small things like the mashed potatoes. I will always remember the scene with the mashed potatoes. I know. I, it's weird. I remember it. <laughs> yeah. It's almost but, like uh, know what that place is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can start start playing with your, with, with your food when you get home tonight? Maybe. <laughs> But yeah, my rating is a nine out of ten. Damn! All right, well there you go, guys. Three nines. So, is that a first? Have we ever all scored a movie that highly? Maybe Jaws. Maybe I can't. Uh. I can't do, do you do you remember how we scored Jaws, uh, Brian? I, I I think we were like nine for, or nine point five on that one, weren't we? Yeah. For for some reason, the only movie I remember rating because it haunts me is The Darkness because I believe I gave it a four and that was way too high. <laughs> Way too high, man. <laughs> All right, well, yeah, yeah, the old Kevin Bacon. Movie. Oh, that was the Kevin Bacon one. Yeah, that first was, movie that was, we ever. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That was. Way yeah, too high. that 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 rating haunts me. Yeah. All right, well, you're forgiven. Um, y'all want to move on to the big movie this week? Let's do it. Yeah. Let's All right. So the it. next film, uh, which has a lot of similar beats to Close Encounters, and we really were spot on in oh, picking yeah. these you two could, movies. Couldn't have picked a better set of movies to go with. So the director was D- Denis Villeneuve, Villeneuve, or Villeneuve. <laughs> I'm uh, having a little trouble pronouncing this. All right, let me try again. Denis Villeneuve. Does that sound pretty close, Brian? <laughs> Uh, I'll accept it. Um, But you know some of his movies for sure, because he's also known for Prisoners, uh, Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal, which is an extremely underrated movie. Oh, yeah. Really good Prisoners was really good, too. Prisoners was really good, too. That was the one with uh, Hugh Jackman, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, also Sicario. That was a good one. He did that as well. Sicario was cool. Hey, the guy's on a hot streak. Yeah. Um, And, hey, speaking of hot streaks, he is also set to direct the upcoming Blade Runner sequel wow yeah so yeah dennis is uh hot with a bullet right now yeah i would say given what i've seen out of this one i'm actually really excited about that now um now the writer i wasn't as excited about Uh when i when i when i um did some research on this guy before seeing the movie which i kind of wish i hadn't because i really enjoyed which we'll get into it later but i really thought this was a well-written film but you know so i guess everybody can even a blind nut or a blind squirrel can find a nut from time to time. Because I'm not, I'm not impressed with too many of this guy's other works. He did Final Destination Five, Lights Out, The Nightmare on Elm Street remake, which everyone who listens to this show knows that I absolutely fucking hate, <laughs> even though I do like Jackie Earl Haley, and the Thing prequel, which I think none of us were really that impressed with, right? 
Yeah. Those sound like classics. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't a classic. Yeah. I I thought Lights Out was pretty good. I saw that. Haven't seen Lights Out yet. You finally got to see it. You've been wanting to see that that forever, man. Yeah, I finally got a chance to watch that one. It was cool. (laughs) Director Denis Villeneuve and the writing and the writing team took extensive efforts to ensure the movie's scientific ideology was accurate. Renowned scientist and tech innovator Stephen Wolfram and his son Christopher Wolfram were consulted to ensure all terminology, graphics, and depictions were sound. Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner have both appeared in comic book films dealing with alien invasions. Adams starred in, of course, Man and Steel. Oh, yeah. About the Earth being invaded by evil Kryptonians. And Renner starred in The Avengers about the Earth being invaded by the aliens known as the Chitari. The movie is based upon the short story, Story of Your Life, written by Ted Chang in the year 2000. As soon as director Denis Villeneuve finished the film, he began work on Blade Runner 2049, which I'm sure we're all looking forward to. So, uh, uh, Brian, you saw this most recently of the three of us, I think. Didn't didn't you just see it, like, uh, today or... Like uh, day before, day before, day before. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Um, I wasn't sure what to think of this movie at first. This movie is way. a slow burn. Yeah, I absolutely felt the same way. I wasn't sure what to do with it once I was done. It was like, man, that's a lot to take in. Yeah, I've I, there was actually people that walked out of this movie. Really? That I was yeah, but I kind of think. They might have had a perception of it. When you say there were people that walked out of this movie, this wasn't Mm -hmm. the same group that you went to see that other movie with where all the little teenage kids were on their cell phones and talking and jabbering through the whole movie? No, I I actually had uh, adults in this movie. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I I think they might have thought, you know, alien movie, expecting explosions and alien invasion. Right. And... As soon as they realized that's not what was happening, they left. But <laughs> that is actually Independence Day, right? Yeah, yeah, but that is actually what I liked. That it was none of that. It was a yeah. completely different movie than what we usually get when we get alien movies. It was real science um, fiction. Yeah, I'm not a fan of a- Amy Adams at all, but I thought neither, she was. Neither was I before this movie, man. Yeah, we I, she was excellent in this movie. <laughs> when I first heard that. Jeremy Renner was going to be a scientist in this movie. Right. I It was another thing I was kind of like, uh, I don't know, but Red I flag. thought he was also good in this movie. Yeah. Um, There's a couple things um, I don't want to talk about. You know, we'll get into in spoilers, but overall, I thought this was the definition of a slow burn, but it was a very, very good movie. There, Like you said, Philip, there was a lot to take in. Yeah. Um, there was at times where I was confused where the movie was going, but it all tied in at the end. And um, mm-hmm. I thought it was a, a really good movie. Yeah, it, it took me a while to come to that conclusion. And I, we were just talking about the Amy Adams thing where, uh, you know, Lance said he's not really a fan of her. And I, and I said, you know, I always say that I'm not really a fan of her. And then every movie that she comes out in, I'm like, man, she was really good in that movie. And then so the next movie, I go through the same cycle again. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of, when I see her, like, what was the movie that I think she got nominated for? Uh, 
Oh, I can't think was it of that it. It was, movie? Yeah, I, I thought she was... Sense. Yeah, I thought she was okay in it. Right. It's just when I see her, I just think she's okay, and then I think she's the worst character in the in the DC movies as Lois Lane. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just... But this movie completely turned me around on her. Yeah. I thought it was it was like super realistic science fiction stuff. And it was a lot to take in because it was a lot to take in. It's like if we actually made contact – I mean kind of the same deal with Close Encounters of the Third Time. But uh, if we actually made contact with these aliens, this is probably about how it would go like in the real world. And uh, so that I think that that sense of wonderment and, uh, and curiosity – uh, for me, was there the whole time, and I, I like that it was a slow burn, and and they used that to their advantage, and uh, I, I like the concept behind it. It's definitely an immersive movie. You you can't be uh, you just have it on in the background. You got to like sit down and really watch the whole thing and pay attention. Um, but if you're willing to to sit in and strap on for the ride, then uh, it's it's a good one. I was super impressed with it. One thing about both these movies that I, that I, that really struck a chord with me is that they're really they're they're all about communication. Yeah. And what happens when we don't communicate properly and the problems that it causes like war and strife and things like that. Oh yeah. And when we do all work together and we do all communicate correctly with each other and respect each other and li- actually listen to what the others are saying, you know, there's no limit to what we can do together as a group it's very star trekian for me yeah I, I found this yeah i found this movie to to have a lot of the tenets of of the star trek philosophy which sense. of course to me means a whole lot um i really liked her character i love the way they started this movie yeah where it was real mundane yeah like we're talking about the mundane again where it's just kind of like you know she's a professor i guess at the college and she's going to teach her class and she's like only five people in the classroom and she's like the hell's going on you know and then people's phones start ringing and all of a sudden everybody goes it's kind of like when we all it reminded me of 9-11 yeah when everybody stopped doing they stopped doing whatever they were doing everybody went and huddled around a tv to see what was going on that's exactly it and i thought they did a great job on that and they slowly built it up and this is something i've talked to you about lately i always see this same recurring site uh and i saw it in this movie and it reminds me, have you guys ever seen the TV show uh, Battlestar Galactica, the the new one? No, uh, slightly. Sci-fi? Slightly. I've at, actually never at the beginning of the movie, they show the, the scientist, the guy who invented the uh, the cyborgs mm-hmm. that, are, that are in Battlestar Galactica that end up basically chasing the human race and trying to make them extinct. Okay. Um, they're called Cylons. The, the it, professor who or I guess scientists who invented them, it shows his lake house. And there's this one scene where you're looking out the glass and you can see the lake in the background. And I swear I've seen this thing in seven or eight movies lately. And damned if it wasn't in this movie. Her house, when you look out, it's that same exact look. I got that same vibe as that Battlestar Galactica. Where you're kind of like you get the feeling that it's, it's maybe like up in the Pacific Northwest or something like that. And it's a beautiful placid lake there. And then you can see all glass, like in the back, the, the doors and the windows and everything. You should build it out of mashed potatoes. I might build it out of mashed potatoes, man. I'm thinking about it, you know. I keep yeah. seeing it, but I can't quite put my finger on it. Yeah. But it always reminds me of the same thing, and I love I love that visual. 
Yeah. Um, one of the coolest things about this was the dynamic with her and Renner. Because I noticed early in the movie, she said basically all civilization is based on language. They were kind of at odds. And he said all civilization is based on science. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. And that was a recurring thing. And I really enjoyed the nonlinear way that they put this together, which we'll get into more in the spoilers. Yeah. But it's kind of like kind of like a Christopher Nolan movie, you know? Where it's like the movie's not told from start to finish. It's not like, you know, it's not like a movie where... You've got one plot line and one plot thread going. You kind of skip back and forth in time quite a bit, you know? Yeah. I really enjoyed that. But it's not like Pulp Fiction. Right. It's not that that extreme. (laughs) True. True enough. Yeah, but... They're more flashbacks, I guess. Or flash forwards. Ah, careful. Yeah. We're not to that part well, I yet. I don't think that's necessarily a. You don't spoiler. think so? No. Yeah, I guess not. If people but don't know little, specifically there's little what you're flashes about. that they show throughout the whole movie. Oh, for come, sure. They kind of come together. Oh boy, and do they come together? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, this was. Uh, I mean, vi- visually, um, the like I said, the the way that the way the script was written, um, Amy Adams surprised the hell out of me. Her performance was great. I've always liked Jeremy Renner. I, yeah. I think he's a pretty decent he's actor. He's cool, dude. Yeah, I like You him. know, and then, of course, you got old uh, uh, Lazy Eye in there. Oh, Force Whitaker, uh, yeah. Yeah, the je- was he a general or a colonel? No, he's a colonel, yeah. right? If I remember correctly. He's good. I and like he's the one too. who brought them all together. Yeah. But I like it because he was really chill and calm yeah. through the whole thing. Yeah. And he wasn't like a hawk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he was, he was seriously... Uh, interested in making first contact. He was management. Yeah, he, this is I'm hiring the right people to get this shit done. And he was really good. Yep. He was super good in in his role as well. Yep. So I can't think of too much to fault about this movie, guys. So we're ready for scores. Well, I don't know. You guys have anything else that you want to touch on before pre, spoilers? You know, pre uh, nothing. Uh, any everything I'm going to say is probably. It's better spoiler. kept in the spoilers. Spoiler city. It's funny what you were saying about Close Encounters, because some of the notes I took when I was watching the movie, Sense of Wonder. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this this had a perfectly. ton of that. Yeah, but I don't think that it was so close, and I don't think it paralleled Close Encounters as much that it was like mocking it, or like it was copying it. I think it was its own original thing. And yeah. like we talked about later, the communication was a completely different type. Yeah, but it's definitely in the same vein. Oh, yeah. Big time. Like when it's, you said you, that, that you'd be mad if they were going to remake Close Encounters, mm-hmm. I think this is about as close as they can get to it without... And this is perfect. Yeah. This The way they did it was just fine. I'm perfectly happy. Yeah, I'm ready for scores if you guys are. Yeah, let's do it. Brian? I am going to give this an 8. Nice. I nice. really enjoyed it. Like I said, at first I didn't know where this movie was going. There was certain parts of the movie that I was confused at but when yeah. you got to the end it just all came together and yeah. I thought the acting in the movie was excellent I am how do you, how do you say his name again Lance the director Oh Denis Villeneuve you just want to hear Yeah I am Yeah <laughs> Denis I am, Villeneuve <laughs> I am all for Blade Runner Yeah definitely completely yeah. um Big he time. he is Starting with with his filmography, he is starting to be one of those directors where all I have to do is hear that he directed it, and I'm already looking forward to the movie. So might he not be the next Guillermo del Toro? And especially taking something like Blade Runner, that's 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 very fantasy. 
and, and right. bringing it into this very reality oriented stuff that he does, I think is going to be super cool. Agreed. Yeah, I, I actually uh, I'm going to give it an eight point five. Wow. I uh, it took me a while to get to that score because man, it took me a full day after watching it to even be able to sit down and think about it and and what kind of score I was actually going to give it. Uh, because honestly, when it was done, it was it was kind of a lot to handle. I mean, my my initial thought was kind of wow, but I, I couldn't tell if it was good or bad, you know. Right. <laughs> but, I hear uh, you, man. Yeah, it definitely had that sense of wonderment, and uh, uh, it's it's a slow burn. You gotta you gotta pay attention to the whole thing. It's not for everybody. Um, but if it's for you and you enjoy this kind of stuff, you're going to love this movie. Well, when I, when I went to see this movie, it was, uh, when I got off work Friday and I went straight to the, to the theater over there, you know, the area, uh, market square where AJ works. Right. So I went over and watched the movie and left the film, walked over across cause I wanted to go visit AJ for a minute at, at her job there. Uh-huh. And I walked over to her and I said, babe, guess what? I think I just have seen my favorite new movie of the year, of the entire year of everything I've seen. Hmm. And, and and I mean, this has been a good year. The Conjuring, the Conjuring 2. Oh, yeah. The Star was, Trek Beyond movie. One. I mean, there's been a lot of good stuff this year. Yeah. For sure. So for me to say that and feel that way says a lot. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to put this right on a par with Close Encounters. I'm giving it a 9. Nice. And I can't wait to go see this movie again. And I'm hoping that she'll come with me. And I think she will. Because it's not a horror movie. Yeah. And as you know, my wife can't stand horror movies, which is kind of... Yeah. Does she do the slow burn movies, though? Uh, I think she would, because she really likes to get into those movies that make you think. Because I'm going to yeah, tell you my... right now, I don't think my wife would watch this with me. Really? Well, my, so. my wife my wife seemed uh, really intrigued when I described the movie to her. She first movie that came up in her mind was uh, Contact. Yep, oh, yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah, and yeah, she, and I thought, she, and I thought of Interstellar quite a bit. Yeah, yes, I actually really liked Interstellar. I, this was this was kind of on the uh, maybe a little better than Interstellar because it was it was a little more reality based. I think, right? Yeah, um, I have not seen Interstellar. Oh, that one's cool. You it's good, man. I, same, I own it. Same type of vibe, but it gets a little more out there. Do you have any oh. Apple? You have any Apple products, Brian? Yes, I'll give you my password. I've got it on iTunes. Okay, I, I believe it's also on Hulu too. Ah, okay, cool. Yeah, All I right. just never got around to it. It's worth watching. Uh, you'll like. Okay. It. Yeah, for sure. All right, cool. So, I think it's spoiler territory, guys. That's it. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. All right. You've been so, warned. as you just heard. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. <laughs> a little sounder. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we were talking about the ending, and, um, okay, so I don't want to say that it had a Terminator vibe, but, I mean, there was definitely a lot of those same concepts of going into the future to save the past. And, like, it, it, as I mentioned before, a very nonlinear movie. And what I really like is the way that they tricked you into thinking that certain things that happened uh, with her and her daughter and everything had already happened to her. Yes. When she came up upon this. Yeah. But then at the end, when you find that twist, 
I mean, that is just fucking mind-blowing. That was part of the confusing part, because every time they threw in those flashes of, uh, which a lot of times were actually, you know, forward flashes, uh, they didn't explain them enough to, to really get what they were talking about. And, uh, so it... Every time they threw one of those in, it kind of confused me a little bit until the end when they wrapped it all up together. And then it wraps it up in such a way that you have to really expand your mind and and grasp this theory and concept that she just knows everything, the, the whole time linear path, you know what I mean? Like everything is and already has been, and she just knows it all already. Uh, it, it was crazy. It, the end of it was crazy, but I liked it. Yeah, I think if they wouldn't have, if that twist wouldn't have happened, I probably wouldn't have liked this movie. I think you're right. I love the ending. I, that's because, probably part of what made the movie so awesome. I mean, yeah, that and the whole interaction with the aliens, which was super cool because the aliens were very big and ethereal and and kind of scary. But then they started communicating with them, and you found out that they were friendly, and that's where the wonderment comes in. But yeah, you're right. Without without that twist at the end, I think that this movie would have been very different and would have just fallen by the wayside. Yeah. Yeah. Can I see? Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Brian. Oh, I just really I don't think I've done it in a while. Can I get into my stupid people? Yeah, and I think we're we got we had a new wave sounder we're gonna play before this that was recommended by our friend Patrick. So, okay. uh, yeah, go ahead, go into your stupid people thing, man. It's what plants crave. <laughs> it's. The soldier, I, I don't know, I forgot his name in the movie. You already knew he was going to do something stupid. The one that tried to plant the bomb right. inside the spaceship. Oh. Come on now. Yeah. I just, because <laughs> it, it made me mad. That a little, whole scene. A little overzealous. <laughs> yeah. Him, and what was it, like, a couple of other soldiers, they were just going to, they were just going to blow up the spaceship, blow up one spaceship. Forget yeah. that there's 11 others. We have to blow right? up this one spaceship so that they'll destroy our fucking planet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they might not have thought that one out too well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I had to get that. That just, I was like, really? You're going to blow up one of the 12 spaceships and then you're going to hold off the rest of the army with just the three of you? Well, and then the Chinese. <laughs> oh, yeah, China, Russia, calm down. You don't yeah. you don't have to go to war immediately. <laughs> but that's that's all I had to say. I'm sorry. Well, go ahead, Lance. No, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a horror returns podcast without Brian's stupid people section. So yeah. you know, we had we had to get that in there for sure. Had to stop myself from going political there for a second. <laughs> oh yeah, well no, we, ne- we never talk politics no, no, no. on the We're horror not, returns. Not <laughs> We're not gonna start now, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I just thought that it was it, it was extremely well put together. I, I was just this was one of those endings like when we talked about the prestige last week, mm-hmm. and Philip, you said it was clear as glass to you, and Brian, I think you also said that you really got the ending. But I was telling you guys, I was just a little bothered. Something about it to me just didn't totally click. Even though, like you said, you saw all those people at the maybe because it was a movie about illusionists. And so I'm, I was maybe in the back of my mind, I'm expecting them to try to fool you. So, you know, this is totally different from what you think it is. But I still don't quite think that that movie for me wrapped it up as neatly in the end as I would like. Mm-hmm. Dude, this movie put a bow on it. 
Yeah. I mean, there is no way you can get around exactly what caused the commu- the communication to actually occur. And there's there's no way you can be confused about once you get to the end of the movie. There's no way you can be confused about why she was seeing what she was seeing with her daughter and stuff right. like that. And I mean, I just think it was done extremely right. That that's all I was going to say. Yeah, I, you know, I. <sighs> I mean, I guess it kind of worked the way that she just woke up one morning and got it. And, uh, I mean, it was kind of convenient that they were about to go to war and she had to stop all that. It's a movie. Yeah, At the I end know, of the it's, day, it's, it's, it's a movie. It's still a movie. But uh, I, I kind of maybe wish that they had explained that part a little more, the, why she just suddenly got it. Sure. Although, you know, that's happened to me before where I've, I've been struggling with this concept for uh, a long time. And then when you get it, it just clicks. And then that's the end of it. You know, right. and then you just know it. Sure. So I thought, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I thought it was cool or if maybe they should have explained it more. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I liked it. I, I, I mean, you're right. It's not a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. We didn't give it a 10. You know, you, you, you know, we, we all gave it extremely high scores. Hey, hey, this has been a damn good week for movies, hasn't it, guys? For yeah. the for the two yes, that we picked out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder if some of our listeners, we'd like to hear some feedback from you guys. Do you guys think we're getting too far off the rail here, away from horror? Because let's face it, we did Doctor Strange last week. Okay, we did this this week, and next week we're going to have a special guest on with us. Jesse's going to come on the show with us, and he has uh, picked the movie that we're going to do, which is Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Oh, okay, cool. And he also wants to do the film Warlock to go along with that one. Nice. So, nice. Yeah, yeah, we've been, yeah, Brian, I know you and I have both been wanting to see Warlock again for some time. Yeah, well, yeah I, I've told people that, you know, occasionally we're we're not going to do horror. You know, we we do other genre films. It's just, you know, we try to we try to go with a new movie. And, you know, there's, sometimes there's not a lot of new horror out there. Well, there was there was shut in, which was pretty much straight up horror. And guys, I was really torn on which of these two we should do. Lance asked me about that, about shut in, and because we were originally going to do shut in, and uh, and then he asked me about Arrival, and I was like, oh, I heard that was really good, and I was more excited about seeing Arrival. I was too. And at the end so, of the day, uh, I, I think that we we probably picked the better movie to review. Yeah, and I I, I know there's there's other. Uh, other horror podcasts that also went with Arrival too. Yeah, okay. I think it was just, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not putting any judgment on Shut In. I haven't seen it, but I think right. it was just a better choice. Yeah. Okay. Well, fair enough. So anyway, if, if any of our listeners want to, you know, kind of give us some feedback on what they think about that, and I actually had, I, I did have one idea, and I want to get this out there while everybody's listening to the show here. Okay. I was kind of thinking we could do, we could split the podcast if the listeners are interested in us doing this. Um, I was thinking we could do the horror returns every other week, and then we could do. I, I'm thinking about calling the show science fiction double feature. You know, kind of to tie into the Rocky Horror Picture Show song. Okay. And I don't think anybody out there has a podcast with that name. But we could do like a sci-fi or, or action or, or, or superhero movie one one week and then a horror movie the next and so on. Just a thought. Or we could just keep it the way it is and, and just do whatever feels right. Guys, we want to hear back from you. So, you know, listeners, if you could, you know, please get on our Facebook page and email us and let us know what you think about all this. And, I mean, we're here for you. So whatever your 
uh, feedback is, we'll you know we'll we'll go with it. You know, we've just got a couple of ideas we're talking about here. Yeah, and I think right now, you know, we're kind of we're kind of small time, so we have to be doing this as a labor of love. But it, at at some point, we're going to be doing it just just for the listeners, you know, for you guys. So yeah, definitely send us some feedback. Let us know what you think uh, we could be doing better or different, and uh, we'll definitely uh, put those in and take them into consideration. Man, that's that's what we're here for. Cool. Well, any uh, last minute thoughts you guys want to make on uh, Arrival? I think we've said a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think we've pretty much said everything. All right. Well, as always, we want to thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Horror Returns. Uh, as we were just saying, we'd love to hear your feedback and ideas. You can always reach us at thehorrorreturns at gmail.com. For up-to-the-minute news, reviews, and interviews, visit our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash thehorrorreturns. And what are those other pages people can find us at, Brian? Because you're, you're the tech savvy of the three of us, so what are yeah, the, you can, the other sites? You can go to Facebook, you can go to Twitter, you can go to Instagram. All you have to type, type in is The Horror Returns, and it Just will take you to our pages. Search for it. Nobody's going to come type in a website anymore. <laughs> All right, fair enough. And you, and you said that our winner from uh, the contest last week actually got to us through uh, Instagram? Yes. Nice. Cool. We're All learning right. the now. Well, definitely, uh, guys, look for us on iTunes. And if you like what you hear, and even if you don't like what you hear, you can put bad ratings in there, too. We don't like it, but, you know, we'll listen to any uh, How about put a criticism, good, a feedback, A good rating and a new suggestion. <laughs> there you go, man. We can do that. But rate us and review us so we can get our numbers up and continue to bring you guys bigger and better stuff. As we said before, next week we are going to be reviewing Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them, and also Warlock. So, until the horror returns again, good. good.